0: Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you for spending your valuable time with us today. When my son was young, I mean a couple of months, old young. My wife and I decided that we would much rather have our kids have experiences and adventures than things. We're just looking around and seeing that the other kids in our lives, they had lots of things, but those things never really got the attention that they required, that they needed. They had a whole lot of attention initially, and then it all died down. Now, having said all that, we have still accumulated a lot of stuff over the last eight years (laughs) but our decision meant that we had to be very intentional when we spend time together as a family. Sometimes it all required a whole lot of planning to get the experience done well and sometimes it meant completely diverting from the plan to have the most adventurous time of our lives Um, and Especially in our adventures together, if we're trying to build memories, to pool memories, to pack them together, these memories that'll last us forever, that'll last my son way longer than what mom and dad will ever last. Now, not for a moment am I saying or am I believing that we've cracked some code to parenting. But having said that, I do believe that God wants something similar for us his kids, that he has this experience of life, this adventure of life planned out for us. And he doesn't want the things of life to get in the way of us experiencing life best. You see, because so often, all the stuff that gets added to our lives gets so distracting that we miss out on the adventure that he has for us. Jesus came and in John ten ten. He is quoted as saying that He has come and the purpose that He has come is to give us rich and satisfying life, a life in abundance. Jesus is quoted where He opens up a scroll that uh, quotes Isaiah and He reads this quote about Himself, the Messiah. It goes like this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. God is not opposed to nice things, but he is way more excited about the experience that we have along life's way. Now, This decision that my wife and I made means that we we learn a lot about ourselves, um, searching out these adventures along the way. We learn a lot about ourselves, we learn a a lot about our son, and we learn a whole lot about the human race. The one thing that we learned about all of these guys is that more often than not, we impose um, all kinds of limits that don't belong on us. On ourselves. We've learned that these limits are often words that we say. They're words and phrases that, that steal from us, that take away from us, that limit us, um, that limits our experience. They stunt our growth. They lead us down paths that we were never really meant to go. They tend to take us away from the adventure of life and they tend to fill up life with things things that distract, and things that actually takes away from us rather than adds to us. Oftentimes things that drowns out life from our lives. Now you will agree with me that that can't be God's best for us. Now one of these phrases is two simple words. I can't. I can't because it's never been done before. I can't before we've ever even tried. I can't because I'm scared of the unknown. I can't quit, I can't move on, and I can't forgive. As you hear, these two little words really do a good job of stealing from us. These are all frame f- phrases that limit our life experience. They um, they actually steal from us, to be quite honest. Now, maybe there are some facts that are informing your I can't. Maybe these facts are the, the fact that I'm from a dysfunctional family, I can't. The fact that I have baggage from my past. You know what, I'm the wrong age, I'm the wrong race, I'm the wrong gender. How about I'm too forceful, I am too shy, I am too cautious, or I'm too afraid. Maybe we feel like we're not enough. You know, we're not smart enough, or we don't speak well enough. Um, Maybe we just don't know enough, so I can't. So often we, we think that I don't have the platform, I don't have the following, I don't have the influence, I don't have the degrees on my wall, and so, we impose these two words, I can't. Oftentimes, it's even spiritual reasons. I don't read my Bible enough, so I can't. I don't pray enough, so I can't. I I sin way too much, so I can't. You know what? God doesn't want people like me. God doesn't use people like me, so I can't. There's a wonderful example in the Bible of a guy that was struggling with something very, very similar. His name is Moses. And if we look at Moses' story, it's very interesting. Moses was born a slave to an Israelite family in a time when Egypt was ruling the world. They were the most prosperous, the biggest, the scariest nation that could be around or that was around at that time. Now, through a series of very fortunate events, Moses lands up being raised by Pharaoh's daughter, literally growing up in the lap of luxury, the greatest schools, the best education, the best food, he had the best. But growing up as an Israelite in an Egyptian palace, it came with a whole lot of struggle. You see, when you are standing in the palace and you're looking out into the distance and all you see is your people being the slave force that's building the empire, man, things are tough for you. One day, Moses goes walkabout and he comes upon a scene where a soldier is whipping a slave and he wants to put a stop to this and he gets into a scuffle And in the ensuing scuffle, he kills the guard, the soldier. Moses decides that he has to run away. There's no way of getting out of this. He has to escape the consequences somehow. So running away is the best that he can do. He runs away to the Midian Desert, which is kind of modern day Saudi Arabia. And he works as a shepherd for 40 long years and sitting in the desert, looking after sheep every day. I think that's where Moses thought it all would have ended for him one day. But God had different plans for Moses. You see, one day, out of a burning bush that isn't quite burning right, God speaks to Moses. And God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to go and call my people out of slavery call my people out of Egypt. You see, the thing is, with everything that's going on in Moses' head, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough. I, I am a murderer, I am stuck in the desert, and everything else that goes with it. I think Moses kind of could have maybe heard something like, Moses, go back home. Go back to where you're from. You know, where you have no honor, where you have no esteem, and you have no influence. Moses, go back there and um, go back to where you're not wanted, where you're not welcome. Back to the people who you abandoned. Now, as you can well imagine, Moses had some objections. Now, Moses was a very polite guy and he didn't quite just jump up and say, God, you are out of your mind. You have lost your marbles. I am not your guy. He made some friendly objections to what God is saying. He had five objections in all, and they start off in Exodus 3 and verse 11. The first objection that Moses had was, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is just saying, God, who am I to go? I'm a murderer in that town. I I ran away from privilege and everything that was good about life. I literally threw it back in their faces. Who am I to go and do this? His second objection is verse 13. Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what do I tell them? Moses is saying, God, I'm not entirely sure of the, if the people of Israel still remember you. It's been 400 years. Um, they might have forgotten. Like, like, will they still know who you are? Who do I tell them sent me? Going on to his third objection, Moses protested again. What if, they believe, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? saying, God, I don't even have credibility with my own people. Honestly, I am not your guy. Moses then goes into another objection, and he says, "Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I am not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled Moses simply saying that, God, I don't have the skills. You want me to go and talk to Pharaoh? I don't, like words don't come out so good, okay? I get tongue-tied and I get, like literally my words strangle me. How am I going to talk to Pharaoh? His last objection is a good one. Moses pleaded again, Lord, please send anyone else. Now, Moses was trying to do everything in his control to convince God that he is not the guy. He is not the man for this mission. And let's be honest, Moses' excuses was actually pretty legitimate. You see, Moses was an elderly gentleman. Moses was old. He was taking care of sheep. He was a laborer out in the desert. He had no credibility, uh, especially not in the palace of Pharaoh. Now, What's the chances of Pharaoh actually listening to him? Moses knew that he was outclassed, outmanned, outgunned, and pretty much out of his mind if he landed up in Pharaoh's court, trying to convince him to let go of his slave labor force. Moses', second of, second of all, Moses big objection is actually the fact that he, don't, he doesn't speak so well. As you can hear, I also struggle. <laughs> But Moses' objection is a legitimate one. He maybe lacked confidence. He, maybe he stammered. Maybe uh, he had a bit of a crack in his voice. M- maybe he wavered when he spoke. M- maybe it was a disability. Maybe he stuttered. And all of this actually just puts us into a bit more of an idea, gives us a bit more of an idea of what Moses was struggling with when he said, I can't as we do so often, and we say that we can't. Now, Moses' objections might have been valid, but honestly, God had chosen his man. Moses offered his excuses, but God was having none of it. God simply replies to Moses, I will be with you. He says this in Exodus 4 and verse 12. Now go, I will be with you as you speak, And I will instruct you in what to say. God's simply saying, Moses, I agree with you. You have some shortcomings. Actually, Moses, you're nobody. But don't worry. I'm somebody. And I'm coming with you. When God then lays out the plan and makes it clear for Moses, he's still struggling. He's still not sure about what God's about to do. You and I, we often doubt our own abilities, but honestly, we should never confuse our inability with God's ability. You see, God goes and he he gives Moses these signs and wonders to perform in front of the people of Israel, in front of Pharaoh, to show them that God has sent Moses. Uh, You see, it's God's power working in Moses to convince the people and for you and I, God gives us his power and he gives us his ability. He has already placed these things inside of us to enable us to do and complete the work that he has created us to do. You see, our instinct is much like Moses to say, Lord, what if they don't believe me? But if God has equipped us, then what can stand in our, in our way? If He's given us the exact abilities and power that we need to get done what He has created us to get done, what are we so afraid of? Moses goes to his biggest objection. He goes to his biggest shortfall. And I kind of want to say that Moses kind of hints at something that's very, very interesting. He says, Lord, I, I can't speak very well. Lord, In fact, if you made me more perfect, I wouldn't have this disability where I struggle to speak. Now, the Lord answers Moses, but this time he's not as nice. He's not as sympathetic as in the other answers he gave Moses. He said, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether a person speaks or do not speak? Hear or don't hear? See or do not see? Is it not I the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. Our limitations does not limit God. No, in fact, our limitations actually just shows how amazing His power and His ability inside of us is. How He works through us to accomplish what He has made us for. You see, our disability Plus, God's power and ability gives us infinite possibilities. Now, God is just saying to Moses, and I think he's saying to you and me, stop looking at yourself. Stop getting caught up and tripped up by everything you can't do and realize the God of the universe is walking next to you, is giving you the power, the ability, the goods to do what you need to do. Moses said, I can't. And, well, God just never believed him. When you and I say that we can't, I want to say it's much the same. God just doesn't believe us. Moses, in his weakness and in his frailty, he reminds us that we have someone cheering us on. We have the God of the universe, actually, cheering us on. God trusts us enough and the abilities that he's placed inside of us, that he's actually, he's laid it all on the line and given us the commission to take his word and his good news to all the world. He's actually placed all his bets on you and me. That's broken, that has these disabilities, that struggle in certain areas. And he said, I will come next to you. I will will come beside you. I will pick you up when you crash, and I will carry you through whatever you face. See, God commissions us with our weaknesses, with our frailties, with our shortcomings, to accomplish His amazing purposes in all the world, to tell the world about Him, about His power and His purpose for all of us. It's at this stage that we give you next steps, and this week I wanna challenge you with these steps. I wanna ask, Take your I can't and submit it to God, hand it over to Him so that He can show His power in your shortcomings, so that He he can show His power in your weakness, so that He can show His sufficiency in your and my insufficiencies, so that we can best experience the adventure that He has planned for us. So often when my boy tells me that he can't. He can't jump off a high thing. He can't do this math problem. He can't read a thing. I would say to him, you can do hard things. And it's just a plethora saying if it has no foundation. You and I can do hard things because God is for us and he's cheering us on. And he wants the best for us. All of this so that we can say with Paul I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work within me let's pray together Father God I thank you that you know us intimately and well Lord your word tells us that you knit us together Father God so you know our insecurities you know our weaknesses you know our the things about ourselves that frustrate us. And Lord, in all of that, you look at us and you say, you're perfect, you're exactly the way I want you to be. Lord, I thank you that we can hand over the things that we, we feel are weights around us for, God, the things that are pulling us down. And Lord, that we can know that in our weakness, we can trust your strength and that our weaknesses will actually be our strengths, because we're dependent on the greatest power in the entire world. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us to do the things that you have created us to do. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. And if you need to contact us, go onto our social media pages or our website, and let us know about what you're struggling with or what questions you have. We'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.